and welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one chapter or less or more at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet from me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Brandon. Good to see you. We were just catching up uh, off mic about how our weekends have been, but I'm looking forward to this time getting to dive into uh, Galatians 3 with you. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to this chapter in particular. Yeah, a lot of juicy stuff in there. There's so much in there that we are going to be chunking this up real small to start. We're just going to talk about Galatians 3, 1 through 5. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, we are going to talk about, uh, let's see here. A few key ideas are going to be uh, the nature of faith or faithfulness or allegiance. We're going to talk a bit about Torah and what that is. Uh, And then really, this is a lot of stage setting, like what we talk about here. We're taking time on just these few verses to talk about two or three key ideas that we think are it's worth spending here so we can explore the implications of that with other things later on in chapter three and on through the rest of Paul's letter. Anything else that you want to make sure we talk about today? Yeah, no, I think those are it. Those are really central. So it's worth spending some time on each of them, even though there aren't that many. Yeah. So if you haven't had a chance to read Brandon's translation, uh, go ahead and do that if you're able to. Uh, there's a link uh, on the video here in the in the descriptions as well as in the um, episode notes in your podcast player. So take a few minutes. We will also have it up on the screen if you're watching. And uh, go ahead and hit pause and give it a read. We'll be here. Welcome back. We are going to read through uh, the first five verses of Galatians. Would you do that, Brandon? Sure. How mindless you Galatians are. Who spellbound you? Wasn't Jesus Christ openly portrayed in full view as crucified? I have only one question for you. Did you receive the life breath by actions from Torah or by report of faithfulness? Are you so mindless that after beginning with life breath, you now finish with muscle? Did you go through everything you experienced for nothing, if it really was for nothing? So, does the one who provides life breath for you and activates power among you do so by actions from Torah or by a report of faithfulness? I love that he says, I have one question for you, and then asks like five questions. (laughs) There's so many like quintessentially Pauline tells. Uh-huh. Like that's why nobody thinks this anybody else wrote this but Paul. It's like all of the weird things you do elsewhere a couple times, you do over and over and over here. Uh-huh. Uh it's got to be him. Uh or it's a really good impersonator. Uh I want to begin uh I feel like this is something we probably could have said in the introduction. Uh, episode, and almost as a preface for each one in Galatians. Uh, you know, Galatians is a passage where Paul is, he's grappling with 
uh, the tradition of Judaism as it was handed down to him and that he practiced with zeal. He was of a particular strand of it, uh, the Pharisee movement. And it's this letter has been used very easily and very often, consciously and not, to suggest that the problem is Judaism, that the problem is Torah or um, anything like that. It, and it, as I read through Galatians, it's hard not to see that. I have to catch myself every time because Christ, Jesus was Jewish, is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was and Paul and Peter and all those other people. Yeah, yeah. They, they were um, kind of a renewal and reform movement built around believing that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. There were a lot of those happening in that in those days uh, for like a century and a half on each side of Jesus's life. There were there were periodically folks who people would say, oh, this is the Messiah, and they would adjust their Judaism around it. Mm-hmm. What one thing that happened in the Jesus, is Jesus the Messiah story arc that didn't, as far as I'm aware, happen with other um, messianic movements was the, the implication of there's room for um, Gentiles too. Right. It was right. more often we're being oppressed by some Gentiles and God's going to give us victory and liberation from their oppression. Right. So the, the questions that are, that Paul and Cephas and others are wrestling with here are questions within Judaism about what do we do if Jesus is our Messiah? Um, given that it's, <laughs> they, they had come to a conclusion that somehow the crucifixion in particular made space for like God's, the next chapter in the story of Judaism is the grafting in of Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really easy to bump into these verses and think, and the, therefore the problem, like we, we're all Christians now, we're not Jewish. It's not what's happening. No. Yeah, like I think we've talked before about as Jesus wasn't trying to create a new thing outside of Judaism. And you made the equation with Martin Luther wasn't trying to create a new thing outside of Roman Catholicism. Yeah. Like it's the same, same kind of thing. And regardless of what they were trying to do, that isn't what ended up happening, but not quite yet. Historically, is when this document was being written in Galatians. Like mm-hmm. it was still just different strands within Judaism at the time. Yeah, um, it wasn't trying to replace it. Yeah, um, regardless of the intention of Jesus or Paul or the other or the apostles, like their intention may have been a revival mm-hmm. renewal kind of thing, um, and they were mm-hmm. getting you know dinged for it, um, so they got a little defensive. Um, yeah. Like that, that was their intention. That said, it, it very quickly did. Um, yeah, I mean, it seemed very hostile to people like you, you. Right. 
you look in our day and see folks, um, you know, us as folks who recognize the gospel welcomes and celebrates LGBTQ folk. Um, it's really easy mm -hmm. for people to say you have abandoned the gospel. You are, you are apostates. Right. Right. Like you, as soon as you start testing boundaries, um, <laughs> you're on the highway to hell. Right. It's, there's this such a strong instinct of saying, I know I'm in because I know they're out. And as soon as you start including the people who I think are supposed to be out, it becomes a threat to my inness. Yes. And I'm not going to let, I'm not going to tolerate that. Um, and I think that's part of what's happened over and over and over through church history back to yeah. Jesus. Jesus was accepting people that other people were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. We know that we're chosen. We're special because they're not. And or more to the point. That's part of it. Yeah. Because God said so. Right. Because God said so. Like they are, they're yeah. not saying. But we know how to, but we know how to say that we are the people that God said are chosen based on all these specific criteria that they don't meet yeah yeah our story is you need to be descended from these included, people you need to be then how do we know that yeah. we are right. yeah 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 it's really it's it's the question of like distinctives which for a while i was kind of into that idea of like yeah we can be for our neighborhood so can a non-profit secular completely a non-spiritual organization mm -hmm what are the distinctives what makes us different from that and i've since come to think that's a that's a bullshit question um it's so insecure yeah it's it's not about yeah it's about being faithful and if some other organization is also being faithful to the things we're supposed to be faithful to mm -hmm. great it mm -hmm. doesn't take away from what we're doing we don't have to like artificially create some kind of distinctive to make sure that we're still different than that. Yes. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably be circling back around this, um, this tension, uh, pretty regularly. Cause I think it'd be easy to hear, you know, as we were talking about holy belonging versus cultural conformity last week. Um, it's easy to hear even us, the way I was speaking to suggest Judaism was all about cultural conformity. Boo, boo, boo. Um, and I, I don't want, I don't think that, um, I, I welcome, uh, listeners, um, particularly if there's any folks of, um, Jewish heritage or practice, um, who see us leaving some footholds out there, please let us know. Um, we want mm -hmm. to, uh, like a core controlling principle for your translation work, as well as this podcast is, um, you know, wiping out all the little like footholds of antisemitism that conventional mm -hmm. translations seem perfectly effing fine yeah. to leave in there uh yeah. and so this is a this is an act of penance on our part as um gentiles who yeah. have serious crushes on judaism <laughs> right right yeah. and i can even see like my attempt to be more faithful 
by yeah. using the word Torah here instead of law, I I could see being a having that described as appropriation. Yeah. Um, and that's I I genuinely am trying to honor and be faithful to the original source of this and not appropriate eight, but maybe maybe I can't yeah succeed in that even if that's my intention. So yeah, open open to feedback. Yeah. So like join the conversation, let us know. Um we would like to have our repentance be consistent and deeper as we work our way through this text. Um, as a Christ, as a as a text that has been held by our tradition, not by Judaism, said nope, that's apostasy, and left it <laughs> behind. Ours didn't, and so we're just we're, we're coloring within the lines that of the tradition that has formed us, and that we do still find life in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that said, <laughs> that said. Um, at a meta level, this passage uh, th- and the story preceding it in um, chapter two, Paul is kind of pissed. Like, I think it's worth observing. He leads, he starts the reading today. Um, like how mindless you Galatians are. Who spellbound you? Are you so mindless that yeah yeah he's he's angry and it makes i'm I'm curious how did you grapple with like you you've been committed to not using dehumanizing language uh leaving mm-hmm. living room for that and be how is paul being angry and not sinning to nod back to ephesians um four yeah i mean some of it's cultural differences and what's appropriate or Mm. what's not i think um it was a little uncomfortable also part of me got some satisfaction of like yeah stick it to him um yeah which i don't love honestly but it's but it's there um Mm -hmm. i like feeling like i'm on the winning side i think i I think most of us do um but i think like mindless for instance, I, I don't think it's meant to be like a, you're just inherently an idiot. It's yeah. more, yeah. I think, along the lines of like lacking mindfulness, like how forgetful you are almost. Like mm-hmm. you, you've lost your mind, don't you, you? I know you know this stuff. Like, why aren't you remembering? Did someone spell behind you? <laughs> like, um, it comes down to this sentence here that wasn't jesus openly portrayed in full view as crucified like Mm -hmm. you have seen this i know you know it why are you forgetting and i think that has has much more to do with it than there's like an insult it's more like what are you doing not who are you yeah yep So let's see, what's the first word we should uh, hone in on here? Should we do faithfulness or do you want to talk about Torah? Ooh. Um, they're, they're both. Did you just start maybe, salivating? Let's maybe start with, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Let's start with Torah because it's, okay. you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of, there's a logic to it. Yeah. 
so Torah being two things. I, I love in Womanist Midrash, Wilda Gaffney kind of goes into the difference between capital T Torah and lowercase t Torah. Oh, okay. Like lowercase t being just like instruction, the, the directions that are given to, to guide the community. Um, and capital T Torah being the first five books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, like a liter this is so, a literary unit and then there's like the way that literary right, lives so as a the Torah yeah right yeah the Torah contains some Torah but it also came, contains narratives and poetry and mm -hmm. not everything within those first five books is lowercase Torah is instruction um, and there's lowercase t Torah instruction in other books as well so mm -hmm. there's not so it's almost like saying the the way that uh, Christianity uses the language of the word of the Lord or the word of God, like it's an animating potency mm -hmm. to in in the text for for a people. Right, right. But that's so you way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's talking about the lowercase t portions of capital T Torah, mm -hmm. those actions that are being taught and prescribed, the instructions given for how to live faithfully as a community. Um, that's what it's talking about there. And traditionally, in English translations, you have the word law, mm -hmm. which is an appropriate way to translate the Greek word namas, yeah. but not the best way to do it here or most mm -hmm. places in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, that comes from a tradition, like the Latin Roman tradition of law and order and comes from the authoritarian translation traditions that we've inherited from the King James and elsewhere. Like um, it's not, even the word like rule and law, it like all has to do with conforming to a standard yeah not like a ruler like a 12 inch mm -hmm. but like a ruler is called that because it shows the standard um not it's not about good and bad behavior per se it's about behavior that conforms to the standard or not yes and that's an important distinction mm-hmm um because rules can be christ-like or not godly yeah. or not mm -hmm. um it's just whoever's setting the standard gets to decide what the rules are and that's where this namas is coming in it's just talking about this standard this way that we know the direction the alignment that is intended for conformity to a standard and in this case it's the standard set forth in the torah yeah that's that's the whole meaning of this thing it's so if when we use the word law we think government and criminal behavior civil penalties those all that stuff comes into mind courtroom proceedings all the stuff that is not inherent in what this is talking about it's about us adherence to a standard yeah yeah hmm. 
in, in the way that translating as law has um, rippled down through the generations has mm -hmm. been from Lutheranism and on down into evangelicalism has really been this contrast, this notion that um, what God is saving us from is, is having expectations of what it means to, be, to live in this story and with this God. <laughs> like to, mm -hmm. to really give a gross caricature that's not that much of a caricature on some lips. Um, right. Like God just wants you to accept and receive and love and, and, and it's all grace. And which is, you know, hey, it is all grace. And <laughs> and there isn't this like uh law isn't some sort of ultimate reality that is terrorizing us of expectation right, right. and behavior. Um that and breaking the law being a criminal act that deserves punishment. That deserves and that punishment. It, and that it would be unjust not to punish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it does get into, yeah, notions of like what what does the crucifixion resolve that the the law requires blood, therefore Jesus had to die. There, like that kind of mm -hmm. logic comes from this this notion, this de-Judaized notion that Paul is talking about some sort of larger system or energy mm -hmm. uh, of um, control and dehumanization, which it's like, hey. Fine, mm -hmm. let's talk about the way that there is a kind of deeper energy of authoritarianism, fear, and control, right? That mm -hmm. is in tension with God, <laughs> the God of this story. Um, let's mm -hmm. talk about that. It's it's just not quite what's actually being addressed here. Um, and it's a real uh, sleight of hand to think that that's what's happening because then it can be like, well, see, Judaism was just in service to that. It was all works righteousness. It was all earning your salvation, and now the Roman church is doing that too. And it's like, son of a bitch, people. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Hear the story for what it is from who's saying it. And he's spending all this time arguing appreciatively from capital T Torah that the energy of small mm -hmm. T Torah takes us in these directions with a record like Torah itself right. testifies that um, what it can and can't do, especially in the right. lives of the community right. that listens to it and talks about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you even have later in the same chapter talking about, yeah, Torah is great. Also, it can't supersede a promise given to Abraham hundreds of years before Torah was written. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't erase that. Yeah. And and if you try to like really deify it, turn it into a idol in some way so that it erases the promise to Abraham, that's on you. That's not what it's for. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, that starts to look like a lot of the bibliolatry is the official word for idolizing the bible that's right turning the bible itself into an idol mm -hmm. um we uh, much of the american church and elders i'm sure but american church mm -hmm. is what i know best um has absolutely done that yeah quick question uh a faucet turned on on the outside of my house and there's running water is there a hum in the background i can't hear it no 
Good. Zoom is real good at filtering that stuff out. Good job, Zoom. You're made to mute out yeah. dogs and such, but it's doing it for utility lines as well. So uh, <laughs> back to Torah. How does that change the reading of like what is what's constructively being revealed here by emphasizing mm -hmm. as Paul is? Yeah. It's this sense of again, it's not about are you following the rules? Do you deserve punishment or not? Mm -hmm. Um are you earning going to heaven that's not what it's talking about mm -hmm. it's have you been given life have you had like go back to genesis 2 and the breath life breath of god breathed into the the soil and it became a living being like yeah. did you receive that by trying real hard to to fit the standard perfectly and get every single lowercase t torah correct yeah yeah or have you received that life breath based on having heard of this report of christ's faithfulness and it is mm -hmm. absolutely christ's faithfulness and we know that by the context at the end of chapter two it says um live with the faithfulness of the son of god here it's not my faith faithfulness to christ it's this report of christ's faithfulness mm -hmm. and because of christ's faithfulness i can receive the life breath yeah yeah Tor torah was the um in this telling of the uh, hebrew story um torah was the vital um journey not the destination it it's something that right. we can we remain grafted into as uh willie james jennings has so mm -hmm. brilliantly argued um that christianity falls in on itself if it tries to sever itself from judaism <laughs> um mm -hmm. but yeah. it, it's it's like it, it really is just a question of what what is torah here for is Torah the destiny? Is right. are we perpetually? No, it's a series of signposts along the path. Yes, right. there it is. But the path is taking us to another destiny, to jubilee, to new creation, mm -hmm. to the kingdom, whatever. However, you want to describe that endpoint. Yeah, it's taking us there, but itself is not the destination. Yeah, and it it and the important work that it did in preserving communal continuity. Um, is not diminished it's just that's that that is not what it's here to do in this um everybody's folded in um future for that story where where gentiles are here and the life breath is poured out on all flesh mm -hmm. like it, it torah didn't actually do anything to guarantee to, to like elicit or compel the pouring out of the life breath. It was the faithfulness of right. the Messiah under Torah mm -hmm. that resulted in the life breath being poured out or, you know, kind of the chapter, the page turning into this new chapter in the story. 
would be another way right. of putting it. Like there's a new future right. that God is bringing in um, through Israel's story, through the children of Abraham. But it actually, it, it came about through the faithfulness, the faithfulness of a human under Torah, mm -hmm. not Torah didn't do it. Torah was part of it. It's a subtle distinction, right, right, right. but it really makes all of yeah. our things penultimate. Even things that right. are from God, yeah. like Torah. The point isn't isn't to perfectly follow Torah, nor should we just totally toss out Torah as unimportant. Yes. It's yes. Yep. like it teaches us a lot. Mm -hmm. It helps us understand how to live in community together, like what kinds of things are harmful or unhelpful and and if we are insisting on taking every single sentence out of it and making it like this is how you deserve good things is by doing all these things that's a problem that's not what it's even about it's about trying to get the whole community pointed in the same direction not making each sure each individual follows every single rule and listed in it mm-hmm and that's where here with our, our last eight or 10 minutes or so, we should really dive into faithfulness. I think we've mm -hmm. um, acknowledged it in previous episodes and we'll keep circling back like Paul does. Um, but yeah, what's why, why faithfulness instead of faith or belief? Yeah, well, one, it's not about cognitive assent, like what you believe, what you think. Um, it's about this sense of, one, I think we talked about this before, the, kind of the reciprocity between trust and faithfulness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, are you trusting that Christ, that God, that the instructions in Torah are trustworthy and that this way of being in the community is what leads towards life breath? Mm -hmm. if you, and then if you trust that, then responding faithfully committing to live aligned with what's being taught what's being shown and in this case it's talking about christ having lived faithfully according to the principles the values mm -hmm. shown through torah mm -hmm. uh, shown through the prophets um and yeah you really can't separate the trust the faithfulness the commitment uh in some places allegiance is how i've translated it mm -hmm, getting like that sense of commitment like what what is your commitment to this way of living or that way of living mm -hmm. um, are you being faithful to this way of living that we're all saying is is the way that's trustworthy to bring about life to bring about goodness to bring about health and yep, well-being yep, for the yep. whole community um that's what it's talking about here and so, yeah, we absolutely should seek to be faithful to the things taught in Torah. Mm -hmm. And it's not about following all the rules perfectly. It's just not. Like, like we've talked before about def defining grace, for instance, and how growing up, my pastor explicitly said, grace is being given what you don't deserve, and mercy is about not being given what you do deserve. Yes. And it has nothing to do with deserving. That's not the point that's exactly what paul is arguing against mm -hmm. is not that those things are true but magically like god <laughs> found the loophole in yep. the system and is like kind of worked us in 
even though it was against the rules it's that's nonsense that's what christ was trying to show us is that that, that's not what it's about it has nothing to do with deserving Mm -hmm. yeah it's the it's it's god giving of god's self yeah yeah Hmm. that faithfulness is part of that faithfulness is understanding that honestly is is sensing like that we are all welcome we all belong and that's part of what torah was teaching us from the beginning is jubilee is the goal is yes that goodness for everybody well-being for everybody mm-hmm. is the goal yeah yeah huh it really does this translation does bring into sharp relief this translation tradition that we've had an interpretation for, at, with that of law versus um faith uh law versus belief so god doesn't want your body god wants your cognitive assent Mm -hmm. that's what um that's the most concise sales pitch for the gospel according to conventional protestant ways of holding the story Mm -hmm. god doesn't want your body god wants your european enlightenment that is yeah yeah and it, it is a caricature but like any time Anytime you you talk about something that doesn't matter to those people, um, if you're talking about the environment, making sure the poor, that everybody has food and a home and is safe. Healthcare. Healthcare. Like they say, well, that's all works righteousness. That's all, that's the social gospel. The gospel is just that you squeezed your eyes hard enough and pointed in the right direction and that's what God so the right wants. Sentence in prayer, and yeah, like there's this like to go. really vacuous sentimentality that it it feels really satisfying to endlessly like stomp. Um, suffice to say, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's complete mm-hmm. bullshit, um, and it's not. And our translations perpetuate that. If you um, the the word faithfulness here, which is both, I think it's more faithful to the logic of the story, but it also makes better sense of a variety of other tension points. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, faith work, uh, faithfulness working through love. And it's not the belief, it wasn't, it, in Romans, another letter from Paul, um, his most well-known one, it's not that um, the belief of Jesus is what saved us, you are saved by grace, through the faith of Jesus, nor is it faith, our faith in Jesus that saves us or grafts us in. It is we are saved by grace through the faithfulness of Christ, the of Jesus the Messiah. It is right. the fidelity right. uh, and, and allegiance pledging of Jesus to the one he called Abba that mm-hmm. is what breaks open a new way forward um, for for. Uh, humanity right yeah like that's so much more interesting and consequential and adaptable to new eras and new circumstances Mm -hmm. and new places and watersheds and families and planets like it opens it up to so much more there's so much there's just it's very nimble and adaptive whereas if it's just 
Well, actually, they were doing all this stuff with their bodies and boo. You just mm-hmm. need to think the right things. It's so puny and it'll, it allows systems of control to stay untouched. Right. If right. you start right. touching the control system, patriarchy, white supremacism, capitalism, whatever it is, well, then they can, they have, they have this tool now and they can point to translations to back it up. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem. Right. Rather than, are you living well together? Are you commit following the commitment to live as a community? Yes. The way, exactly the way that Jesus did. Jesus faithfully walked the path that was traced out in Torah and showed us exactly what that really means and invited us made it possible for us all to join as a community to do that together as an extension of his faithfulness yeah right in some sense yeah because we are the body of christ Mm -hmm. wow we got a lot out of two out of five verses (laughs) <laughs> I'm excited for uh, for next week's episode, uh, but we do need to wrap yeah. this one up. Thank you, everybody, for your company on this leg of the journey. The easiest way to support Found in Translation is to leave us a rating or a review wherever your app, whatever app or website you're using. Particularly if you're using Apple Podcasts, that really does make it easier for people to uh, trust that this is a place that they can be grafted in. Uh, second best way to support the show is become a sponsor. You can do that for just five dollars a month. When you do that, you get comment access on the translations, Google Doc, and the satisfaction that you are supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can find the link for all that in the show notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Found in Translation was produced by Perry FM on unceded Chinook land. Goodbye, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody. Bye.